Hey everybody, and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, episode 161, I think. Can't think of a, a good thing for what that number is, but um, ah, it's no good. This is me trying to do a really bad impersonation of Aid. I'm afraid Aid isn't here this week. Rachel isn't here this week. You are stuck with just me, Graham. Um, fortunately, I have a wonderful person joining me to make sure that it is worthwhile you being here to listen. Uh, and that wonderful person is the much talked about and much to promise Kai Lewis. Kai, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for asking me. Oh, it's an absolute yeah, it's a pleasure. pleasure. It's, it's, the pleasure is all mine. To, I, I was just saying before we started recording, um, I heard you on the Lensless podcast talking to Corey and Andrew oh, months and months ago now. And I thought, ah, I would really love to speak to Kai more because there's there's so many things that you are into and involved in and experimenting with um, that you could probably just have your own podcast that runs for longer than hours. There's anyway just talking about all this stuff. So <laughs> if I could fit it in between doing everything else, yeah, you do seem like to live a very hectic life. So for listeners who have not yet been introduced to you or your work you are um, you you create work photographic and f- photographic related work um yeah. using an incredibly wide variety of techniques um you have had work exhibit that's not how you say that word exhibited um in the uk and internationally you've done all sorts of fun stuff uh, but because your work is quite out there um what i would really like to i know it's a very boring boilerplate place to start but i would love to hear how you actually got into photography as an image making media in the first place and and how that has led you to these far reaches that you have now got to right um well it was a very very long time ago now um i uh you know it's, it's the classic oh got a camera at 13 um and of course then it was analog um it was the a practica tl and uh, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, used it to death and then moved on to uh, Pentax, Emmy um, Super, and pretty much had that for donkey's years um, until it, it again, uh, I wore it out. Um, so that, that, was my, that was my start. Um, and, you know, I suppose as a t- early early teens um, and a teenager, just just snapping away at, with friends and landscapes. Um, it, yeah, I, I just I absolutely loved it, um, and it was funny because most of the uh, the landscapes I did and architectural stuff was uh, completely devoid of people, um, and over the years. I've that really has changed. I've um, you know I I I really love now having figures within the frame, um, even though I suppose that's pinhole and they generally tend to disappear. Um, they're still there in essence. So that that's that analog you know sort of messing around with film um i wasn't processing my um all all the stuff at the time Uh, that was just wasn't a thing that even crossed my mind then but uh that started a bit later when i went to college um art college uh i was studying i did graphics and then illustration and printmaking uh and i sort of never really seemed to leave um i was there 
many years going from one course to another um, and uh, just loving that environment, loving the life, uh, enjoying the, uh, the, I don't know, the collaborations that were going on, enjoying the community aspect and, and the facilities, just having that um, access to not just um, dark rooms, which I, I use photography then probably more as a support to the illustration and the printmaking I was doing. And I think it was really the processes. Um, it's only, I, I think, recently that I've realised it's all the work I've done all this time has been sort of process-driven. And uh, I just love trying different different materials, different, um, you know, sort of when it comes to chemicals and everything, just, just exploring all of that. Um, so, you know, my background was I, I worked as uh, an illustrator and did a bit of design as well. But, yeah, m mostly illustration. And it was always printmaking then. That was that was the key thing, relief work. Um, I was an engraver. And uh, engraver, so yeah, wood, engra wood engraving. I did wood engravings, lino cuts, and whatever job I seemed to get, I would always manage to uh, um, make sure I, I was using those processes, uh, you know, wherever I could. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, sometimes certain jobs required me to do um, sort of more free form pen and ink illustrations and. Uh, goodness what did I get up to painting anything you know really depending what the brief was um but the, the the stuff that I really really loved was the printmaking and of course you're you're messing around with inks and everything and, and you know cutting and, and doing all of that and uh, that I suppose over the years I I, I did that um and I, I still dip in and out of that now, but that's I, I don't put that out there really. It's, I, I don't know why. You know, it's just you you get focused on doing one type of thing. Um, then stopped. You know, had a family, and uh, slowly but surely, you know, you sort of that that just doing uh, certain deadlines and having, frankly, having um, uh, toddlers you know sort of around your feet and on your lap and everything while you're using um sharp implements wasn't always a thing uh so i ended up stopping for a while um certainly not you know certainly commercially and not doing deadlines and stuff sitting up uh till the middle of the night trying to cut linos and everything was was just not going to happen so uh yeah yeah just sort of stopped for a bit and then when I started back being, you know, sort of more creative and putting the work back out there, um, yeah, I was just doing more photography. And I I think, funny enough, I think it was uh, the Lomo community, actually, really, really got involved with that uh, about 2005 or, or so. Yeah. Uh, just messing around with toy cameras and uh, – anything and everything junk just mo most of the stuff that people were starting to throw out um and i i would pick those up and uh yeah sometimes just destroy them and you know, take the take the lenses off turn them into pinholes or 
gut them in some sort of fashion. And uh, it, it was about playing. It was about, I sort of, I don't know, it was really interesting to just rediscover photography in a different way. Even though it was still film, it was uh, it was just loosening up and it was um, just just brought a bit of life to it all again yeah. and uh, just made you look at things in a different way. So was this approach something you just hadn't tried at all when when you'd been involved in photography before, Is it particularly when you were at university? Well, yeah, I had. Um, I mean, it, the funny thing is, uh, the other day I, yeah, I, I cleaned up my studio and uh, I had a, a box of old Super 8 stuff and also old photos. And I, and I was going through that after I inadvertently left the thing out in the rain um, and realised that I'd actually been doing pretty much the same thing then and had totally forgotten about it. I was bleaching photos, so removing, you know, um, the layers of emulsion in order to get, you know, sort of highlight certain areas and, uh, you know, d doing the usual things you do at, at college. You know, everybody messes around with how they apply uh, emulsions or or developer and, you know, sort of all, all of that stuff. So that that was all evident then. And, and even using... Um, yeah, I, I found things like lift film and that I've obviously, I, I turned into digital negatives. Yeah, well, we're not digital, uh, analog negatives in order to, you know, um, do similar things that I'm doing now with digital negatives. So that 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 was quite surprising me because I I had completely forgotten I'd done that. <laughs> it's always uh, a little upsetting, isn't it, when you realise that there's quite a large part of your life that you just had forgotten existed, like oh, blanked. Oh, yeah, oh boy. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if not horrifying, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it was quite a nice surprise though. Yeah. Um, so lamography got you back into it and and got you straight into the more experimental side because I mean it sounds like from everything you were saying with your career before you stopped to have a family you've always been a very hands-on person you've always like just doing stuff so it, it does not surprise me at all that the um mucking around with cameras and film and all of that is very appealing to you um from lamography because I know you do a lot of um, and have done a lot with pinhole. Was that a natural progression through lamography, or did that come about separately? No, I, th I think that was something that I, I had been doing anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember doing that at college, you know, but but I'd probably taken it a bit further than the the, the standard, um, you know, sort of tubes or shoe boxes or whatever, you know. Um, I I used to just enjoy putting matchboxes together and uh, doing double ones. And uh, it, I ended up using or, you know, sort of writing up sort of tutorials and things for Lomo. I, I, they're probably still out there. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, just, just sharing how to do. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, I just, it was always interesting that uh, you could get results out of junk really yeah. you know so it's things that people would normally discard so i mean m most of the time then I, I i was using um film and uh color film as well because i liked that often it was really slow film you know, like a velvia and um i liked the color shift when it was a long exposure with the uh, pinhole so you know that it, 
yeah I mean that that was I, I brought that in you know I, I was using lots of different things I'd I have never just I don't know it's just me I, I I've never actually just gone I'm just using pinhole today or I'm just using that and I seem to I still carry around, you know, sort of more than one camera doing for for different things. I'll have a Holger on me, or or I'll have my five by four pinhole, you know, and, and um, yeah, yeah, you know, and and I'll probably take out some paper if I fancy doing a lumen print while I'm doing a long exposure with the uh, the pinhole and uh, reeling off the the uh, shots with the Holger. Yeah. So. So yeah, you- it's slightly mad. Um, yeah, so so you you got involved. Obviously, you you got involved with Lomography. You started doing writing for them, um, for their for their you know, instructionals and things like this. Yeah. Um, at this point, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you've uh, been involved in a lot of exhibitions. Your work has been all around the world and on various websites. How is that a transition that grew very naturally, um, or was this something where? Um, once you started getting into it and coming, not coming back from having the family, but kind of getting back into a producing mindset, was it something that was quite important to you to have an end point for your um, creative work? Well, no, I, you see, I would always actually make work anyway, even if it's, I, I, I'm sort of compelled to do something every single day I'm always making um and certainly thinking about it I I feel like I'm sort of totally and utterly immersed in it uh if by chance things get exhibited uh brilliant absolutely brilliant but I don't work to I I don't always work towards a specific show I mean obviously uh some things will come up and I really do work to a brief then. Um, it's, it's the recent one I've just done uh, this weekend is uh, just gone. I produced specific work for that. It wasn't something I had before. Um, and it was very lucky that it, it came along at that time. And uh, um, this this last one was called Observations of a Dog. And uh it was it was based on Franz Kafka's um, investigations of a dog and other creatures, and the strangely enough, I had a, a cyanotype that I had done of um, a, a fox cub, and this poor thing was only about a week old. Uh, I made the cyanotype, and then subsequently, I've used that um, to produce this body of work solely for this show so i i really did quite you know change um the materials the processes and everything and and, and just the, the the constructed way i made these yeah so you know uh but yeah i i, I probably do quite a lot of exhibitions actually i mean there, there's there's an awful lot um out there and, and they're not all they're not all specific um, shows. Uh, they're, they're, a lot of those are group shows, you know. They're, so they're, I'm providing or you know, supplying a, an image or two for those. Mm. Let, let's let's start off. There's, there's so much stuff <clears throat> to dig into, but seeing as we started off with observations of a dog, um, mm. let's dig into that and exactly what 
that is a, a, a bit more because any conversation that starts off with I made a cyanotype of a fox, I feel needs further investigation and explanation. Um, so a, a cyanotype of a fox, let's just start with that. How do you go about making a cyanotype of a fox? Um, I have, I do have multiple ways. This was... <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, hey listen we all have uh, multiple ways I'm just interested yeah, in what this, your this, way of making a sign type of my, my way um, well there's there's the tasteful way and then <laughs> Not there's the, that. yeah oh no no okay right straight right nitty gritty um, I got hold of uh, a fox cub um, <laughs> so, somebody had said hey there's a there's a fox cub over here you need to they know people know what I do, so that, I get that run sounds up. Terribly people people you know, know what you do. Yeah, I mean, was the conversation know, on the lines of, of "Hey, there's a fox club over here. Are you responsible?" I mean, is that what they know? Or yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I do think some people wonder sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's it's usually there's one over here. It's in a reasonable state. Do you want it? Um, and they usually either tell me where it is or they'll give it to me. So, you know, I mean, it's not this, you know, it's not, it's been foxes. I've had a deer, uh, a cat. Um, I mean, the, the, the funny thing is this all started. I used to do cameraless work. I still do. I mean, obviously all this is stuff is, is cameraless work. And uh, I was doing the, the usual traditional uh, flora and fauna stuff, you know, so I, I I'd sort of done the flowers and I, I was just feeling a bit bored. And I, I I actually got more interested in the fact that in the flowers, there were often insects inadvertently sandwiched between the glass mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they became more interesting. Um, especially when you scan them and, you know, this thing's enlarged three, four hundred percent. And you can see all the details that everything's there. It's, it's, it's like looking into a microscope and uh, and just that or, you know, yeah. what's been captured on a piece of paper or film. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, these things progressively got larger. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it went from, you know, sort of a little tiny aphids. Literally, there was aphids. Uh, and then sort of moths and butterflies mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, sort of uh, I think I, I've, I've had a dried frog before, uh, beetles and, um, and, and you know, it just got larger and larger. Mm -hmm. So I was then offered um, a cat. Someone's poor cat had been found in someone else's garden um, and it probably hit by a car, I should think, had died. No one could trace the owner and... Yeah, so I, I ended up with this bag of cat. <laughs> a bag of dead rigor mortis cat. Of, yeah, well, it gone past the rigor oh, stage. Oh, Okay, um, yep. So it was probably even worse. Uh, so, it, yeah, this this poor thing was not in a good good state at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, um, flopping around. So, of course, I thought, yeah, you know, I will... I'll slap it on some photo paper <laughs> and see what happens as you do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, exposed it for a while, um, took that off and absolutely loved the result. Uh, and it was downhill from there, really. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when your murder spree started. 
yeah yeah of course um <laughs> so watch out yeah um so th- that's really interesting i mean th- th- because i think it's fairly safe to say that that's not a pathway that many people would <laughs> no. not just not just from points of view of like um their own personal squeamishness or taste but what what was it initially because I'm, I'm sure there was more to it than just like, oh, I bet this will make a, a fun-looking cyanotype or whatever it may have it been. It was, yeah, I, I suppose having having already done um, a few of the smaller creatures, I knew that the results were often beautiful and unexpected mm. and the textures, the ephemeral quality to them. And it was just, they, they, there's something about it. It captures... Um, the essence of the creature you know whatever whatever it is mm. they're it's they're beautiful they are not it's not they're not horrific images no. to look at you know i mean people often say what are you going to do with that you're going to photograph it well i'm not really i'm not I, I i take some documentation photos but they're not they are they are purely mark making um yeah. You know, it, it's the it is literally is the residues. You know, the humours and everything that that's and and the life. You know that in that death comes new life, and depending on the time of year, it comes quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, you know, you've got to deal with that. But in itself, that that's interesting. You know, the, there's depending on temperature and the size of the creature and everything. You know that. It's almost forensic in a way, I yeah. suppose. Uh, you know, I, I haven't yet v- carefully documented everything, but I, I'm getting to that point where I can go, oh, I know that that's here. Here come the maggots, you know, and it's you, you just know what's going to happen next and how things start breaking down. Um, and I suppose you know it's fascinating and it's it, it is really interesting to see what it does to the you know sort of light sensitive materials that i i um i use yeah and, and i suppose um what i really like i mean like i'm looking at the images these are on your instagram um page these particular ones we're talking about now are the observations of a dog which is yeah. um, kai lewis one k-y-l-e-w-i-s one if anybody wants to see these uh, and what works because obviously the things we're talking about probably quite understandably some people are listening to you going oh my goodness that sounds horrific <laughs> but because yeah. of the process um as you said it's mark making it's a complete abstraction you don't look at these images and mm. and feel any sense of disgust but you do get that that sense of the creature because it's real and it's you know it, yeah they remind me a lot of cave paintings um in the way that they capture oh. the abstract essence of the animal was you wouldn't if somebody said to you oh, what does a fox look like you you know like that's not like a, it's nothing like a photograph but you know what it is instinctively um yeah uh, that's it's really interesting you say about cave paintings because somebody over the weekend mentioned that and it is it funnily enough it wasn't something i'd thought about yeah so you've you've yeah you've obviously hit on something there that's um but it, it's also you know i i i make those initial prints uh, and then there are multiple processes after that mm. you know i can almost use those in a way as negatives and and then do other things with them you know so it, it's it's going through those different stages and, that, and that's why i said earlier about there are different ways of 
producing these images because some of them are direct. So I'm, you know, the the organic matter is literally straight onto some sort of light sensitive material. Um, And that is it in itself. Or I could then take it a step further and I, I will then make you know, sort of using a different process, I will then use that initial one as a negative or or positive or whatever, and then make a digital negative, and then that becomes something else. So it's that exploration of how far I can push that initial image, you know, and sort of what else I can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, do you want to talk about just what you, you you made the cyanotype with the fox? So what I'm looking at, on on your Instagram pages, yeah, cyanotype's not up there. No, no. Yeah. So what what are the processes? You, know, you were talking about how you explored what you could then do with the cyanotype. What what are the things that I'm looking at here? Because um, I, I, some of it I'm guessing from looking at it, you have used in conjunction with the work with Franz Kafka's work because I can see the writing on there. So I assume that, that that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, the uh, I I mean I I haven't had the chance to um, read that. In full, I've only I've, I've scanned. You know, I must say it, it was a superficial scan and sort of of the of the text. So I just sort of got what I needed from it for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also quotes uh, from Guy Debord, who's a, a French Marxist, um, sort of sixties period, and uh, you know, I mean, it was it was actually the text was very relevant to today's, you know, sort of. A, appearances and you know sort of how especially on instagram funny enough and, and for those who are constantly trying to keep up with you know sort of the, the selfie culture and mm. and uh is that keeping up with the joneses sort of thing you know and and always refreshing it's always got to be new and changing and consumerism and you know it, it was it, it was an interesting subject matter um which I will probably go into much further when I've got a bit more time. But uh, as a starting point, I found it fascinating because the fox was, to me, also a symbol of um, that, you know, a societal thing, really. You know, you've got those people who partake in fox hunting or whatever. And um, it was about... the the decay and the the breakdown of society and uh, it it was all getting very deep and I also um, haven't you can't quite see it on these these images but the the ones I exhibited um, had silvered out uh, as part of the process and I wanted the image to be mirrored so that you could see yourself in it you know, and it was quite hard not to see yourself in these, um, uh, uh, as well as you know the the decaying fox. You know, and so you've got that, you you've got those two aspects where you're trying to present a, a good vision of yourself over this. You know, and it was this sort of dominance, and it, it, there were there were multiple ideas going on there really, and it was. Um, yeah, I, I will probably continue this series beyond the, the this exhibition anyway. Yeah. So. 
you you were saying before it may, again it might have been before we started recording that one of the things you found with this was that you were exploring it and as you were saying there's so many different things that you could do and try doing with, with once you started um given that you do have such a broad interest in such a range of different processes and approaches to dealing with things yeah how how do you stop that from becoming a hindrance because when you can do anything <laughs> actually doing anything becomes the problem because there's, there's, there are so many choices. How, how do you narrow down um, and, so that you can actually become productive and make something useful? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I always do. I mean, I, I, I do find that hard because while I'm doing one process, it, I can actually be thinking, oh, I wonder if... You know, I, and I suppose that's a natural development, but, you know, you, that you, you've got to stay within the bounds of maybe, um, OK, I'm going to do this particular type of treatment. And I, I, I do I sort of, yeah, I do say to myself, OK, you, you can't, you know, I, I might have thought, oh, I'm going to do a lino cut or something. I'm going to try that. Or I will do maybe um monoprints or whatever over the top or I, i've got to go no i'm just going to use these chemicals i'm going to make these chemicals work exactly how i want them um and for some of these uh, they they're very painterly um and and the process is uh, really it, it is painting i'm painting with chemicals and i'm using light and i'm modeling with that light as well um so I'm I'm working with these both in the dark room and outside. So there's there's a there's both, you know, sort of the traditional dark room aspect. Then there's also taking outside using UV or I use UV in the dark room as well. But it's, I yeah I I, find, I, find, I actually do find it quite hard to go you know sort of limit myself and. Saying that I probably continue exploring this will give me reason to go off on one and and um, have a look at other methods within that. But it's you know it, it's hard. I mean, it, it's not as if I was going to. I didn't take pinhole shots of the uh, the fox. Um, I, I suppose I, I look at what I'm I'm doing. Um, Certainly, with all the lumen prints, uh, which these really are, these start off as either cyanotypes or lumen. So I, I keep the cameraless work um, for dead stuff, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, and then there's the pinhole stuff, which is a bit more healthy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that sounds like a solid plan. Um, can we talk about lumen prints for a bit? Because this is something that yeah. I very recently had to go at. Um, and we've talked quite a lot on the podcast in the past about cyanotypes, which have also fairly recently got into having that. Because cyanotypes are brilliant. And they're such an easy alternative process that anyone can have a go at doing it. Yeah, it's nice and accessible. Yeah. The, the crazy thing about lumen prints is they're even easier. <laughs> if cyanotypes yeah. are the easiest thing ever, lumen prints are somehow even easier than that. Yeah. Um, when you're doing your lumen print work, uh, so actually, can you, just for the benefit of the list, can you describe what lumen prints are and how you deal with lumen prints in particular? Because I don't think we've ever really spoken about it in the past. 
properly? No, well, I started doing lumens probably, I don't know, about 15 years ago, I think, really, Um, probably by accident. Uh, the usual flowers, you know, it was all botanicals then. Um, yeah, just expired paper. And rather than wasting the paper, I thought, oh, well, I'll see what happens here. And, uh, you know, I just put stuff out, left it out. And, you know, it, it again, it was the combination of the colour um, the materials, the textures that were, you know, sort of uh, trans, well, you know, sort of transferred. Um, it, I just loved the the fact that it was almost like pulling a print when you're printmaking and you go, you, you know, it's going to be right through experience, but you still get that lovely kick from that reveal and you just pull off the, the bits and pieces and it's, wow. There it is, you know, and if you've just started doing that, you're, you've, you know what I mean. It's that you're, you're surprised at how, if it's a petals, you know, you've got the, ti- the tiny details and the colour transfer. And even though if you fix it, um, you'll lose some of that, uh, you know, it's, it's still an amazing image you think you've not really done anything there's been no mm. intervention it's just direct it's it's just a contact image so it's literally just laying something on um onto the surface and getting um yeah it getting often it's it's good to have glass over the top and make a nice tight contact so that you've got um details but you know that varies i i like having areas where it's just um, it's softer, it's more textural, uh, there's, there's fluid over the surface and everything, you know, I mean, it, the, the lumen can then go into the realms of sort of chemigrams where you're, you're putting other things on the surface and not just the, the, the object that you initially wanted. Yeah. So, um, so can I get, uh, one thing, and then you mentioned it as well, actually, that Lumen Prince usually talked about um, about using expired photographic paper. Yeah. I don't think I've used any expired photographic paper because I just, I just use the stuff that I have. Is there... No, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, if you can't get hold of it. It's only because it, it's, you know... I, I think because there's already um, an element of... Um, the the paper is fogged slightly you know so you it it really depends on what what type of image you like i mean i i I use both i'll use fresh paper but i was some of these uh actually some of the foxes are on paper that's 40 years old oh wow you know and and it was i was yeah people give me paper it's great um you know but this was this was really old stuff so yeah, one work, of the th- work perfectly. One of the things that um, really interests me uh, in terms of things like um, lumen prints and also solograms, um, mm. which I know you also do quite a lot of, and there's some beautiful ones on your uh, Instagram page, um, is you. obviously how you treat them once you've got the print, because um, yeah. they they can look very cool just as they are, but all of the stunning ones that we see being shared and, and only those have been scanned in and then 
Yeah, well, for, certainly for the the, the lumen prints, um, I I used usually I would I'd make the exposure, uh, clean clean the surface up, um, possibly by washing it, unless unless of course I wanted the the stuff on there, but. Mm-hmm. My poor scanner does not like some things. Not, not a big um, fan of dead fox. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. You really do not want <laughs> guts on, on, on your glass. <laughs> May leave um, marks on your negative that yeah. you next come, next come to scan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, could be good. Um, but uh, yeah, then I, I'll scan it um, and then fix them. Um, but if I'm out and about and, you know, uh, sometimes I'll, 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 I do things uh, in on site, I'll, I'll just take the fix and I'll just go with the flow and you literally, I'll, I'll just fix them there and then. Uh, it, you know, you can use uh, I, I, sodium thiosulfate is a bit more forgiving than ammonium thiosulfate, which is a uh, rapid fix. But also... I gold toned them beforehand, um, and that helps preserve. I'll use stabilizers, um, sort of the uh, Wolfgang Mersch um, produces a, a nice stabilizer, mm-hmm. and I, I use that a lot as well. So those are a bit more forgiving if you want to retain the color. But otherwise, you know, sometimes you've just got to say, hey, if you really want it fixed properly and archivally, um, you're going to lose a little bit of that colour, and it it comes back sometimes when it's when it's dry. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So so with your stuff, I mean, um, I I know so far when I've done again both um, solograms and um, and lumen prints, I suppose the scanned image has been in essence the kind of the the end point because I've scanned them in. I haven't bothered mm. to fix any of them yet. <laughs> because to be honest, I, I, uh, they've they've been experiments, um, and I have placed zero value on any of them. So I'm I'm pretty bad for that. <laughs> uh, as I was going, well, they scanned in, and I will uh, um, invert the colours in that way. Um, yeah, and and that's my kind of final thing with that. Um, but with most of yours, you're saying that you actually you bring the 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 prints themselves are the final product for the most part oh certainly on the yeah yeah i mean certainly on the larger ones yeah um absolutely yeah they have to be they're they're uh, unique prints in the end um and as much as i love some of those colors um you know it, it's a different process if you're scanning and then you're printing uh you know so whether they're pigment prints I suppose you, you you know you you make an addition if if you wanted to do that. Mm. Um, you have to accept that that is in itself that is a separate type of print, you know, to the unique silver gelatin one that you've got. And uh, I, I'm I'm I, I was always in two minds. I always thought that the you know if you were doing um, a, a gilet clay or pigment print, whatever, that it really had to look exactly like your silver gelatin one but I, I've begun to realize that actually they they are they are two they're different things you know I mean obviously they can and if you can get it exactly the same they can but then there are also 
I suppose, it, you know, as long as you're honest and you say this, this in itself is a print, you know, if you've destroyed the original, you know, sometimes with the solographs, you know, you were say you you said about inverting colours that I presume you were talking about solographs actually. Yeah. Um, th- those go really. You know, after it, it, you can get one good run, um, sometimes maybe two, but you'll lo- you'll lose the image after scanning it um, twice. Yeah. And and it's gone. That is gone. And you can't you can't fix those. I mean, you can fix up to one day, and it's like fixing a pinhole. You can you can do that, but beyond that, really, um, you'll end up with a black piece of paper, <laughs> and um, there, there's uh, yeah, there's not not much point. Um, so they all of those, all of the solographs, stay in their pots, or they are in black bags uh, with uh, sort of some sort of identification on the back of them. Yeah. Yeah, fading so, away. Yeah, <laughs> a recent um, exhibit you had—I can't remember what uh, show it was at—but was actually exploring this, the very transient nature of lumen prints in particular. Because I think you you had an exhibit where you had a selection of lumen prints that hadn't been fixed. The idea being, you put them yeah, up and then they just was, fade. Crumbs. That was the. Um, that was what was that? That was Format Festival. Um, it was, I think it was about 2015 or something. And, uh, yes, as part of uh, a group show uh, with the uh, LAPC, the uh, London Alternative Photography Collective. Um, yeah, we, we uh, yeah, that, that was great. Everybody had produced work that was ephemeral in some respects. So, yeah, I, I did. I've actually still got them. They have not faded. <laughs> I, I was amazed. I was uh, my, mine was uh, put up in front of a window, which I was sort of horrified at. But um, it was interesting because over the, I think it was about a month, um, I didn't think they'd last a week. And this paper was already really, really, I think it was a Kodak, it was a bromide uh, as memory. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Kodak bromide. And... Um, beautiful dark purple um tones and it it was it was bones and it was plants and these things were supposed to change uh you know as the exhibition went on and i really thought that they would be gone and i thought that in some respects i was sort of quite dismayed that they'd stayed pretty stable <laughs> because people couldn't see the change um but i had put up next to it uh another piece just a a piece of um unexposed paper and also a series of uh a, sheets that i'd created with um various if, bits and pieces inside and <clears throat> people could pin that to the uh the uh, paper in order to create their own lumen print yeah so over the course of the the about a month um that had built up some images on it you know as people took them off moved them around so that that was uh, that was a lot of fun yeah it's such a unique property of the medium to, to be able to do that um that's what i love about a lot of these uh, 
very simple to do um, techniques like lumen prints, uh, especially yeah. um, the the flexibility to just try things and muck around with things with uh, no other um, requirements necessary than just having some paper. I mean, I said if you want to fix them and and make them last, then you know yeah. you need to do that. But it, and know. of course, everybody. I mean, if you haven't got a scanner, you've got a phone generally. Yeah. Um, that's all you need to do is just invert it on your phone and you've got you've got a piece of work yeah it's a lot of fun i i i, I think it's one of those that everybody everyone should have a go at doing this because you can pick up a cheap pack of photographic paper for not very much money and it's it's yeah how make it's, sure uh, it's make sure it's photographic though rather than uh, <laughs> <interesting>. um <laughs> <laughs> you've been waiting a long time for that to change color. yeah um following on from talking about the, you know, using expired paper in um, lumen prints. You were recently involved in a collaboration with Mark Crawford um, uh, and a lot of other people. Um, I know Tina Rowe, who we spoke to in the past, was also involved with this, um, which uh, the name has escaped me, but I know you'll remind me, but which was focused on things that were past best and due for the bin. <laughs> Um, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what what was that project? It was called Obsolete and Discontinued. <laughs> you see, pretty good name. Um, pretty good name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that that's actually uh, been a fantastic project, and Mike's, uh, you know, still still really working on it and putting it out there. So uh, there, there will probably be another exhibition soon. So plenty of opportunity to see it. And if you can't get to the exhibition, there is a book, and that book is I, th- it's now, I think it's available um, in quite a few places. And it's certainly in the Tate. So it's uh, a probably the photographer's gallery. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but the the um, Basically, uh, a dark room was being cleared out, and uh, it was uh, Brett. Um, what was he about? Brett Sampson. Um, he, yeah, he sadly died. Um, and this, you know, his wonderful dark room of many years, um, full to the brim of uh, with papers, films. Um, you know, rather than it being wasted, uh, it was handed over to Mike. And I think he was wondering what on earth to do with it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, chatted with um, a number of us and it was, uh, you know, came up with the idea of uh, sharing it out amongst, I think, pretty much 60, about 60 photographers in all. Yeah. 50, 60 photographers. And... Uh, yeah, we were all given, allocated uh, different, a number of different papers, you know, some completely and utterly um, uh, expired, uh, uh, you know, as the name suggests, obsolete and definitely discontinued. Uh, some were sort of only fit for lumens, only fit for lift. Um, Mike had done... A, a series of tests where he could determine what you, you you probably could get out of them, and and so we sort of worked with that. And uh, I had a few. She, I think what was it? Um, I had Agfa Agfa Bravera, and I think an old Ilfa Speed 
So I had a few, literally, I had only had five sheets of that and a few sheets of the other one. And I, of course, I decided to do um, <laughs> lumens with that one. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, I mean, thing, things happen. and, and um, <laughs> Things happen. So things happen. Things I, die. Bad things happen things to good die, creatures. Things die. People give me things. And uh, yeah, at the time, it was a crow. So this poor crow ended up being the subject. And uh, yeah, it... Yeah, it worked. It, it ended up in the book, so it was it was a reasonable image. But it became the disassembled crow eventually, <laughs> as they do. As they, um, I, I'll take your word for it. I'm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, that that it was it was you know, fantastic show. So it's been exhibited um, London, Germany. Um, where else? So oh, I've gone blank. Uh, quite a few places i think there's there's a Barcelona, proposal that, that there would be a, that was it of course it was revelity yeah uh yeah um quite a few um yes revelity i think was yeah. the first and uh, the one in germany was hang on a second you're gonna that like was, this was one. that cologne shall pick that the photo kunstbar <laughs> that that's one. right yes broken yeah, like a native got, yeah, I must say, try, trying to go through my gallery list up here is that's awful. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's all good, and uh, it's it, fantastic... it was it was a fantastic project, and it was great to have such a variety. I mean, there were lumens, there were chemigrams, there was straight photography, there were lith, um, brilliant, so many different ways of using this material, and the film the film was working as well you know people managed to actually use film um it you know in, in a variety of ways yeah I, so, I, I think it's wonderful um anybody who wants to check this out if they go to obsolete uh obsolete dot oh sorry obsolete dash discontinued.com and you'll yeah. find all this stuff there and there's a gallery of all the pictures including kai's picture uh, which is very cool uh, a very um uh, haunting image of uh, a <laughs> certainly dark. Quite, it is. It really is. It is mad goth. That picture of a crow, as yeah. one would expect. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very cool. Um, definitely worth checking out. And because it was, you've got sixty distinct and different photographers and artists working, and with the medium, and also the fact that the mediums varied from person to person as well. As you said, there's an incredible range of. Um, image making going on there which it makes it yeah. a fascinating subject how because you do quite a lot of collaborative work how do these things tend to come about um, I, i've never been involved in anything collaborative yet i have yet to be i would like to be but i have yet to be uh, how do these things tend to come about um it's it, it's it's interesting I, I to be honest i don't know i think we just <laughs> Certainly where I am here uh, in London, um, I suppose we're sort of tripping over each other. And, uh, you know, we've we've gone to the same groups. We'll appear at the same, you know, openings and, and you just get chatting and you sort of, you know, and that goes online and, and you, you talk about different things and ideas just come up and whether it's for exhibitions, you know, um, you just put proposals out there uh 
yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's sort of an it is an organic process, um, and I wonder. I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know how it happens. I think it's been going on so long. It's just become a natural progression for yeah. me to, you know. I mean, I don't do it all the time. I, I produce my work and, and and then we'll get together, um, whether it's for, you know, maybe it's for shows, you know, and, and there are, it's an, a, a themed thing you know and we're all working to the same theme but yeah i mean it's so uh, earlier on i asked you about the exhibitions because i'm wondering whether by getting involved with exhibitions you meet people in like-minded situations yeah um, and i said oh you know, how i asked about how you came to be doing the exhibitions oh it just kind of happens but being involved in exhibitions doesn't just kind of happen generally speaking maybe at a certain point you become your work becomes well enough known particularly in association with these other people but to begin with um i would imagine that you were putting yourself out there um in some way shape or form for people to be aware of your work to want to include it in in exhibitions yeah i mean it it is it's not an easy thing it's hard work and it has taken a long time mm. And I probably, you know, I've been told I do too many, but it's... it's Who told you, you that? Yeah. Oh, I can't be I'm saying <laughs> Some that. Some you know? I'm just like, <laughs> no, no. I understand what, um, I, I, I get the reason why. But uh, sometimes, you know, you just, you, you do put things out there or, or, or whether they're competitions or they're, you know, it's juried stuff or it's not, you know, but a lot of them are curated. And I, I, I'm in a few collectives, so there's a crossover. It's a bit like, you know, it's a, some sort of crazy Venn diagram. So I'm, you know, there's there's uh, artist groups and photography groups and they, they do crossover and there's a lot of like-minded people within those and sometimes you know they'll i mean the, this re the, the recent weekend was um there were people in that who i i'd exhibited with before um at other uh, events and there were also people that had heard of me and i'd heard of them but we couldn't think why and you know whether or not we'd been in the same exhibition and you just wasn't we weren't quite aware of each other at the time I, it, I, I, maybe it's it, it happens more with the, the London sort of set. I I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm not sure. I, but I do. I enter things. You know, I enter things online. You know, um, same as other people do. Yeah. There's calls come out, and you think, oh, I've got a bit of work that's right for that. And you know, I mean. I'm I'm quite philosophical these days, you know. If it doesn't get in, doesn't get in. But you know, it's not it's not a big thing really, because if I'm, it's on the side of something else. You know, it's just ah, that's great. Okay, I can send that off. That that's brilliant. Um, but it's not necessarily interfering with the main body of work that I'm working on all the time. You know, so yeah. it's or I'm working towards a solo show. And these are these are like little add-ons almost. Okay. Um, 
So do you, I mean, and I say do you, I, I'm pretty sure you do, you sell your work as part of you know, your art. Well, yeah, well, you, you, know, you know, you try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I could probably live off of it at all, but uh, yeah, you, you, you try, I sell, I sell some here and there and, uh, you know, that's great when that happens. Um, pe- yeah, people, you know, people buy them, people inquire, often some people will just be interested and uh, you ha- you'll have a good conversation and that'll be it and that's that's fine too yeah i mean even i keep banging that thing i need to stop doing that um even if you uh, obviously it's always nice to sell things because because money's always nice um but even more so than that um and I'm speaking in the abstract here because I've never sold any piece of work. But um, the feeling of somebody wishing to invest money to purchase a, something that you have created, yeah. it, it's a buzz. Um, does that, are you ever influenced by the things that people are drawn to to create further stuff? Um, you know, if, if you see that a particular style that you've gone with um a particular you know a particular piece well, of work and that that sells yeah um does it ever encourage you to go, oh maybe i should try and do some more of this uh <laughs> well probably but i never really get round to it i'm, I'm not sure i'm that organized <laughs> ruthless <laughs> commercial work going on here um, no, I, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that at all. Uh, you know, I'll put, I'll put work out there. If people see it, like it, buy it, great. You know, um, if they don't, oh well. You know, it goes back in the, uh, in the shed sort of thing, and um, it'll come out next time. But I, I can't, I couldn't work like that. Actually, I've got to, I have to go with my gut. Really, I couldn't be. It, it probably sounds a bit bizarre um you know if if it if it happens that i'm producing some work that i'm enjoying making and someone's enjoying buying brilliant but i i don't know that i would change the way i work in order to sell in a certain way yeah yeah no i completely understand it, it, yeah i mean it, it's yeah i i couldn't do that i you know can can you make me a pretty daffodil? Well, yeah, I probably could, but it's, you know, God knows it'll probably have um, something dead hidden in, in it. But, uh, you, you know, yeah, they've just got to accept whatever it is, really. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I'm, I'm always fascinated by how um, work more... I suppose it, the broadest term I could put on it is more abstract work or impressionist work, however you want to look at it, but work that is, mm. um, whether it's in photography or painting or whatever it may be, um, finds its audience because it's impossible to quantify uh, easily. You look at a landscape or you look at street photography and at the very least there's there's certain qualitative things that you can point at and go, well, is this at a very basic yeah. level well executed and then of course there's another huge step up from that is okay well how beyond that how good is it but with work like you're creating um you don't there, there are none of the basic markers there it's it's all that next step up so 
finding and connecting with an audience that doesn't even know yet that they're looking for that kind of thing. You know, they haven't re- realised that what they really need in their life is a dead fox print. Um, they, they, <laughs> they didn't wake up this morning and think, that's what I need. Um, uh, it, it's, uh, well, you said it's just a, a matter of time. Um, did you ever... Hopefully. I mean, I have... I, have, I sold a, a, a deer as well mm. um, you know i have sold some of these uh the, the deer print was obviously large yeah. um and uh i'm not sure if that ever actually did go into their kitchen but you know we'll, the, uh, um, uh, i mean it's a it's a stunning print this is, is a stunning print the kitchen's a strong choice <laughs> for a for a dead deer print um, takes all sorts but um yeah uh, you know it, it it, the, 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 you know what was interesting that the Usain about markers. I suppose I I wonder if people like on Instagram if they use that as a marker. You put your image up there, and if that gets, I mean, not that I've ever had um, a few hundred likes or anything, but that sort of suggests to you that hey that's got more of a, an appeal than the other thing that I put up that only had 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you, you, I suppose you uh, then, I don't change the way I work, but I might, you know, so going, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if, you know, if I put more of those up that I already have, will, will that, uh, you know, sort of will that, increase uh you know popularity will will i still get the same response if i put up um something completely different i yeah i don't know i mean you know is it the algorithms and instagram are a, a funny thing and well also I, I i think sometimes with some stuff with some creative work and again particularly when you're dealing in stuff that is abstract and out there and you know and, and very very new and different sometimes you need to put it in front of an audience to almost answer the basic question is this shit <laughs> I, i'm looking at this yeah, and i quite absolutely. like it but actually are the rest is the rest of the world going to look at this and go oh that's that's just rubbish what on earth are you doing yeah because yeah. um like by hearing about what we've talked about you know we've we've talked about fantastic lots of de- dead things on prints um and i really do urge people to go and look at these because the image you have in your head will not match up with the image that's there. Um, these are beautiful things, but they're very different. Um, but you, you, I can see a very easy path where you, you make something and you go, well, I think there's something there. But until you release it you, into the You world, need feedback. Yeah. You need feedback. And if you're not getting that from um, direct peers, you know, your friends or your colleagues or whatever, uh, then... Yeah, putting it out there for public review, you know, you uh, you do have to accept what comes back at you, really, um, even if it is nothing at all. Um, it, it, it's an understanding, and I suppose the more people see bizarre stuff like this, you know, I, I I'm not saying none, this isn't new. I'm sure people have done this before. You know, it it's the there are certain things that are out I'm there. I'm not and, entirely and... sure that many people have done this before. <laughs> but, you know, I, I suppose it's just make, just opening people's eyes, really. 
just giving them that scope of, ah, you can do that yeah. if you want to. If you want to. Or even better, you somebody else can do that and then you can purchase <laughs> the fruits of their uh, perhaps unpleasant at times work. Actually, not perhaps, definitely unpleasant at times work. There's no way you do what I you do. I have got used to the smell. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's it's not it's not always good. <laughs> really, you do bit, not amaze. Does get a bit funky. <laughs> How as an as an artist, this is something that always fascinates me, and I know it's almost an impossible question to answer, so I'm going to definitely ask it. Um, I'm always fascinated by how you apply a value to a piece of work. Uh, uh, it's because it's an almost impossible task. So let's take, uh, and I'm not going to ask you how much you sold it for because that would be very vulgar. I mean, but if you want to tell me, you can do. Um, but <laughs> let's take take your the the picture of a deer that you made as a lumen print. So on the one hand, the um, the technical side of it. Mm-hmm. You you are you know there's no painting involved there's no you know there's the, the that side of thing you're not doing it you you are doing you are doing the creative side because you are positioning the animal I am hands hands in guts yeah. and maneuvering the thing round <laughs> what yeah. value no, to that no it's not it is it is not nice no, at all it doesn't sound um, great but uh, and over you know over the course of time it gets worse <laughs> how but, long how long do you keep these things hanging around for generally speaking well the i the idea of them is that they're sort of degenerative so when i get them hopefully they're recently deceased and i've i can depending on size you've got a rough idea of how long you've got um and sometime you know and, and obviously i mean there's too many variables really you know if it's the summer it's going to go pretty quickly. Um, and when I say that, you know, I mean, yeah, you can think of, you let your imagination wander. But um, obviously in winter, I could get a lot more um, out of it print-wise. You know, I depending on, yeah, depending on the subject matter and how, moist it is <laughs> um, we should probably put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. this is yeah yeah do, do not listen at lunch um yeah you know it could last a week i i, I could get maybe five or six prints out of it uh and and then it's it's sort of it it's there's not much left to actually make marks with as such you know um or for it to leave a mark um also you know sometimes things devour the silver gelatin and it's knowing your timing it it really is so my prior knowledge helps in that you know i've had moments and some of those are on the website so you can see the deer on the website and I've I've just put up some of the key frames from that one, uh, sorry not frames, uh, the key images, and you can see how the destruction process goes on. So over that co- the course of a week, the first few you'll end up with really beautiful prints. Then slowly but surely it just eats away, you know. And there's um, and it, you know if I get to go too far, I leave it on that particular piece of paper too long, I lose it. You know, and it's yeah. it's it's a waste of a day. So you know, you, you go okay. You know, that's that's gone. But then, I think now, um, 
that is also an acceptable image. Initially, when I was doing these, and I ended up with a, a, a void. It was like, oh, okay. But in itself, that's important because that destruction process of the paper is also um, it, it's quite amazing that that will do something like that you know and and that's left it's still left a mark it's you know that essence is still there yeah so i i i just i i find it all interesting now you know whether or not there's a positive or it, it does actually become um a negative space do you think um because it sounds like quite a lot of your work um is even when it's not directly dealing with um sort of death and decay sort of yeah um but you, you were talking about your pinhole work with people the, in them uh, yeah and kind of the, the idea of people and these pictures the lumen prints and, and the other contact prints you're making with the um the animals and the plants are so the you know the idea of living animals that aren't anymore um it, is this a thing that you know we Thinking back to when you were first in, in enjoying all your photographic adventures and stuff like this at university, is this a thing you could ever have imagined yourself getting into? And and do you think that this is something you're is is this is this going to be an exploration that you can see yourself filling up the rest of your life with potentially? Um, I don't remember at college ever having that that sort of interest in this type of mark making as such um i'm i think that's probably certainly in the last uh, i don't know 15 years maybe you know that that's slowly but surely crept in and, and probably definitely in the last i think maybe 10 that that's become a more of a, a defined thing you can you can see um there's an outcome to these you know that they, they they are sort of proper images as such um yeah uh, college no i i it was just it was probably more straight photography and the usual experiments that you do there um mostly because it wasn't i i wasn't i was illustration and printmaking mm. primarily and so the photography was uh you know as i say a support for that and i i took photos in order to use those as reference and everything um these days i i i think i would probably still do it i i i imagine that will carry on um how that will develop i think the uh, the processes will become more refined i imagine mm -hmm. and probably more complex actually uh you know, it's just it's learning, learning those all those skills. There are so many out there. I would like to probably explore um, using slightly different processes, um, in but but with the same sort of subject matter. Um, as for the the pinholes, um, I've just I've done that so long. You know, I mean, I always carry something with me, and you know, I mean. Over the week, I was using a four by five, and then I also had a stereoscopic um, pinhole, the old Gacken, um, which people might be familiar with. Um, and that was that. You know, that I just I just enjoy 
image making in all its forms really i i you know i'll, I'll draw and uh, all the time you know it's got sketchbooks on me so th there's always something going on I, you know i sit on the tube drawing people on on the journeys but then i can always sort of surreptitiously because it's a small you know sort of cameras uh, small matchboxes mm. or whatever I, I you know i can be doing things um, without anybody noticing as such. Yeah. So, um, do you do you still do much with toy cameras? Because I know we're you know, at the beginning of your re, yeah. re, rebirth in photography was around the toy cameras. Is that a thing that you've maintained an interest in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the key thing, you know, I still use my Holger and my um, Dianas. And uh, I mean, I've got a lot of Holgers. Um, yeah, I can't actually remember how many Holgers I've got. But, uh, <laughs> Too you know, many, clearly. sort of, all doing slightly different things or with different filming you know and uh they uh yeah yeah definitely too many um but i do enjoy i yeah i enjoy those they they are a lot of fun and they i think they free you up but then i also use um you know sort of cameras from the 40s yeah and just yeah it's just just it, it's just film isn't it really yeah it's 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 that process of putting the film in and developing itself and uh, and just seeing those results again like pulling a print you know lifting the the lid off the um, tank going oh, thank god that worked um <laughs> you know still uh, <laughs> you know it, it's uh I, i'm never under any illusions that um i wouldn't be so cocky to think everything's always going to be perfect all the time i just think um it's a lot of fun to just experiment and uh, just you've got to try things all the time. You've got to keep it new. You know, I, I, I just love, love that. And there's too many processes. Uh, you'd need multiple lifetimes to try them all. So I probably won't ever get to everything, but I will, you know, just trying to get the, the few that I do um, right. Yeah. And uh Yeah. One thing, actually, yeah. before we start to sort of wrap things up a bit, one of the one of these processes, which uh, unsurprisingly, given my background, I would like to hear more about, and, and also because I love the fact that this is a case where the process and the image making is very tied in with the subject matter, are uh, the work you're doing from your garden allotment uh, with anther types. Mm. Could you talk to us a bit about one, what an anthotype is and and how that process has been and how that came to be? Yeah, the um, anthotypes are basically using um, pretty much plant materials, or organic materials. So you crush those up and uh, you uh, sometimes people put them in, like to distill, uh, mix it up with distilled water or alcohol and you make an emulsion. Um, so with that emulsion you can then coat um you know different surfaces sort of mo mostly nice papers and uh, then you make a contact print so the same sort of uh, process of like lumen prints and cyanotypes you've got a light sensitive material um and you're putting something on that so you're blocking the light for usually an inordinate length of time because uh, depending on what you've actually used, I think, you know, sort of things like spinach and um, 
yeah that that's probably one of the faster ones but the, the, there's so many i've mixed up uh what is it ficus 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 berries mm-hmm. um for my front garden because i noticed that as they dropped and left stains on the pavement outside um it was a really unbelievable black you know yeah. that, that's that, that's great you're so using those but you, yeah you just pick up different you know sort of different stuff from the allotment so uh, you know if i'm not eating it i'm i'll, I'll crush it uh and that yes yeah, great so chards and various things i you know marigolds there's some some work some don't beetroot's good uh there's lots but you it's there's a there's a really good book um uh, malin fabry's um really explored all of those and she published a book many years ago which gave you um a breakdown of what to use how how to mix it and um it's light fast qualities and, and basically how fast you how long you'd have to wait um to get a print really yeah because some of them i've waited for like five six weeks um <laughs> oh wow and you 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 know you sort of lift lift it up slightly or you know if you've got a um a contact frame you can sort of drop the back and uh, have a have a peek safely that way mm. uh you know and if there's still nothing there you think okay we'll just forget about that one for a year <laughs> um but others you know they turn really fast but the thing with the anthotypes is that they are ephemeral then you know you'll have that print um and then it will eventually fade if as long as it, all the time it's exposed to the light to the uv yeah so really what you've got to do you know, if you if you wanted a permanent record, you've got to go back to the scanner or the, um, photograph it, and uh, you know you've you've then got to make um, a, an archival print from that. But or you embrace it and you allow it to disappear. And you know, for other people out there, this you should look up Nettie Edwards because she, that's anthotypes are really her thing. You know that that's that's. Um, she knows what she's doing with those yeah but they're they're beautiful have you had a go at yet making a living print that feels like that has to be a thing somebody has done because um i know from my own experience like just take grass as the most obvious example if you leave a thing on grass then um after a few days it's going to leave a mark Uh, it will discolor um and, and so is that something you've ever explored, or do you think you might have a go at actually making living? Oh, you mean print? like you know, photosynthesis prints? I have done some on. I did some apples years ago, and uh, they they weren't brilliant, I must say. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, sort of finding suitable leaves um, in order to actually do those. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, because it's a uh, bindan, and uh, I know. Um, recently uh, yeah that that works beautiful i remember seeing that at, at uh, photo london uh, a good few years back and they, they were they were wonderful but there's also um uh almadina romero is uh ha- or has been doing those as well recently yeah. um but uh, no i i haven't actually done any on anything you know just, significant just, other than the apples do you have a front lawn 
No. Oh, God damn <laughs> no. it. Okay, what you need is... You know is... what? No, we have... Um, yeah, I love, I love trees. We have rather a lot of trees. And so having lawn is um, a compromise. Yeah, trees are no good. Trees, stop. trees are... So what you need the, to the, find... The trees are wonderful, um, I, I think, full of life. I, I think that the logical next step for you with these tying two of these things one you need to find somebody a friend uh, uh, who you're not afraid to lose um who's got a nice lawn (laughs) and a dead horse uh and then put the dead horse on the lawn and wait and then you leave it well it's yeah it's it's a bit like um camping i always used to do uh, workshops and stuff at festivals and uh i i i mean i haven't haven't um gone to my usual festival this year but we would always leave things out and um, there used to be uh, the symbol of this used to always be a maze. And so, of course, you would leave marks in order to construct a maze on the grass. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, same thing. Or, or it's your missing tent, isn't it? You know, once everyone's packed up. Yeah. Um, and I've done a lot of photos gone round after, after festivals and it, it's fantastic seeing just the 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 negative spaces yeah. as well you know i love that um yeah but yes I, I'll, I'll find a horse <laughs> somebody will just bring one round for you by the sounds of it you you maybe need to start <laughs> saying to your neighbors sometimes flowers or cake would be okay too <laughs> that would be fine <laughs> i appreciate the dead cat but i also love chocolate well, i know I've, well, currently there's, um, I keep forgetting it's in there, but there's a bat in my freezer. Um, I've, there's a bearded dragon, um, which is someone's pet, and they are waiting for me to collect that. And it had, they'd had it for like 20 years or something. And, and, Alive, uh, I'm assuming. Thing, they haven't been waiting 20 no, years. No, no, it died. So it's, um, it's awaiting um, some image making. Your family must love must love this. Yeah, oh, no, what's in I the freezer? Um, oh. <laughs> next to the fish fingers or I, something. I also <laughs> wonder how many lists you must be on by this point, guys. <laughs> how many lists? <laughs> yeah, you've got to be on a few. Uh, yeah, have to be, have to be. Um, mm. Dead horse <laughs> on the lawn aside, um, just before we sort of wrap things up, what, because you, you, you strike me as somebody who is always excited about the next thing that you want to try and have a go at and experiment. Yeah. What is that thing at the moment? What's the next thing that you haven't yet had a go at, but you're thinking, yes, I, this is what I want to try next? Oh, well, um, I've had my 10 by 8 Intrepid sitting there for uh, too long, waiting for me to sort out either its pinhole or its uh, lens and I would love to actually get that out there and um, do some either dry plates or uh, collodions but it needs shifting I need to actually do this but yeah that that's that's possibly the next thing but of course I'll, I'll make my own pinhole I have I have done that but yeah need to need to do that yeah just getting the oomph to get out there with that great big thing and um yeah yeah well lovely it sounds yeah. like a thing we can look forward to seeing in the near future um thank you where should we be pointing our listeners to i know we've talked extensively about your instagram page um already where, where would you suggest people go to check out your work in general um yeah probably instagram 
Um, my website, which is uh, kylewis.co.uk, um, it's a bit laborious, but hey. Um, I'm also on Flickr, though that needs a little updating. I did, I did go back to it um, after a while, so uh, yeah, it's got a few recent things on. Um, I had an old blog, which um, I haven't used that much, but I mean, you know, they're they're probably the key places, really. Yeah, Inst- Instagram is is constantly refreshed yeah. um the others i dip in and out of yeah it's uh but but yeah i suppose if you just you could probably just google kai lewis you'll either get kentucky or a singer <laughs> and then it's me <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Fantastic. i think you'll be able to tell the difference yeah <laughs> like I, said, I think instagram is a really good place to at least start because there's just in, in a confined space so many great yeah. examples of the incredibly varied work uh, that you produce and all the different mark making and yeah, uh, there, there's some, there's some nice uh, botanicals on there if um, you want to <laughs> stay safe. <laughs> Although to get to those, you may have to go past quite a you lot. Might <laughs> put anymore. your blinkers on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, as we've said repeatedly, these are these are not graphic or unpleasant images. They they have their own beauty, as all living things do. And um, I think it's really interesting. Uh, uh, I always love when you see that photography can be so much more than the ninety nine point nine percent of what we see every day, which can be fantastic. But it. it there's so many more things it can be and i'd never seen anything like the stuff that you're producing before which is a great thing to see to be confronted with something that you've never seen before is uh, a wonderful thing especially when it's good i suppose that's the important caveat that's very kind yeah um so that's wonderful and are there any exhibitions currently running or upcoming that you're involved with well the uh the observations of a dog finished yesterday um i have work in the shutter hub exhibit which is in france at the moment um what is it uh oh no i forgot the place name um what's it called uh oh it's the festival pilo at uh, saint-gilles croix de vie that's in france on the coast um there's also Let's see, uh, Offo Pinhole Festival is coming up in October. Uh, so I'm just, I am literally preparing stuff now. I've spent the day trying to work out how on earth to get a wad of photos there. And they're all, um, all of these are the part of the Searching for Light Solographic Germination series in which I put seeds inside the cameras. And uh, those grew at the same time as the uh, solographs were being made. They grew or they didn't grow. But you can, there's evidence of that. You can see those on some of those on Instagram. There's, um, yeah, some of the the plants grew. Okay, yeah, I I saw the pictures and I hadn't clicked as to what uh, actually was going on there because (laughs) solograms can be so random anyway. But oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's, yeah, Yeah. that's what. Well, that that was sort of an environmental. project really i was it was just they were out for 60 days and i was really interested to see what sort of conditions and that and the variables that that um you know were needed in order for the these to germinate um so that you know there were gps um uh 
various you know, just, they all had obviously they all had water in inside the camp just just enough to get them started and uh, I waited 60 days opened them up and some some had taken some you know some had gone mad and some had not uh, and I just literally scanned exactly what they were and that was it and th- those are just straight inversions and um yeah it was really interesting how some of them really did follow the light straight up to the pinhole yeah yeah and uh, yeah so that's that lot are heading for poland um so that's going to be quite a, a a big yeah big show it's a, it's a group show I, I have no idea how many are actually taking part but that's um that looks like it's going to be massive because I'm sending quite a few over, uh, and there's a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people taking part in that. And there's also there's individual shows as well as group exhibitions. So I've got, uh, I'm lucky enough to have um, work in both the individual and um, part of the LAPC again. Um, yeah, so that's 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 the main one coming up. Um, after the summer awesome. and then i'm yeah delighted to be part of the reclaim photography festival in wolverhampton uh the beginning of next year so that's online as well so have a look for that that was called beauty in uh imperfection so and they're flowers they are nice benign yeah, safe flowers <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm a gardener. I'm a Very big different. fan of flowers. Um, and you're a gardener. Yeah. Oh, that, that's fabulous. So, ah, oh, brilliant. Well, there you go. Um, a lot of things people to look forward to. At the moment, not all of those dates are up on the website, but I'm sure they will be at some point. I'll, yeah, I can sort them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so go there and check that out because there's a lot of stuff about your previous ones. But um, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for taking this time to talk to no, us. No, thank you, Graham. Oh, yeah. um, Brilliant. I do love the fact that uh, Rachel and Aid uh, both go off for a holiday, not together, I feel I should um, add quickly, <laughs> individually for a holiday, um, and the podcast turns, <laughs> turns into us talking about Dead Animal Bridge. Um, it's a morgue. <laughs> so, so happy about it. It's been fantastic. And, and what, what I really hope anybody who's listened to this gets from this is that there just try anything just experiment and have a go because things like making the prints with the animals make like putting a seed in a a, a um a tin can pinholes make a solograph all of these things you know, there's so many ideas out there and the, the worst thing that can possibly happen if you try them is that they're no good and you've lost nothing yeah nothing happens nothing yeah. happens it's yeah, yeah exactly um and yeah. and and, and and the alternative is that maybe, uh, like you have found working with the animals and the dying plant stuff, is that it takes you off in an entirely new direction that you would perhaps never have expected if somebody hadn't turned up on mm-hmm. your doorstep with some dead things. Um, so whether it's <laughs> yeah. with a camera or a direct print or whatever it may be, uh, give everything a go. And if you're not sure about it, then show it to other people and see what they think because you might do something and think I, I, is yeah. this a thing <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a thing but but you know sometimes almost if you're happy making it and you've enjoyed the the process and the experience and and you like it it doesn't always matter what anyone else thinks very true very true um 
wonderful stuff. Thank you again so much, Kai. We will yeah, get out thank of here you. now and leave people to ponder <laughs> on their own mortality, if nothing else. <laughs> Keep a wary and, uh, eye. Make sure you've got a large piece of light-sensitive paper. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to die, die on a piece of paper. Exactly. Do the art world a favour. Um, and, and we will all, at the back of our minds, be worrying slightly about you know how big a thing is going to get with Kai's work. <laughs> Are we going to see a massive... The rest of the family already know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um we you can find us if you want to find us and um we'll put in the show notes all the links to the stuff we've talked about this evening you can get hold of us as always on sunny16podcast.com um the website or just at sunny16podcast on twitter or instagram where matthew joseph is causing chaos come back soon eric we need, we need you um and we will play you out as always, with Rachel's wonderful band, Rocha, um, from the album Promises I Should Have Kept, available wherever fine music is found. We will be back uh, in some way, shape or form soon. Uh, thank you very much, listeners, and goodbye. Thank you. Bye.